Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Jesus Christ, not through legalism, not through works, but through his grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the truth of God's word. So whether you're a grandma, a student, a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, a coffee lover, or a tea drinker, you are welcome here. So let's get started. Good morning, everybody. This is Charity Paranzini, and I am your host for Strong Christian Female. I'm jumping on here, interrupting what was scheduled to be the podcast release today, because we're in the midst of a very unique time in everyone's lifetime. Nothing like what's going on with the coronavirus has happened ever, really, not with sophisticated governments. Maybe back in the Black Plague era or other things where this kind of pandemic uh, mania has happened, but not like not not in recent history. So just to give you a little background about me, if you didn't listen to the intro uh, episode, which is fine, I have a history of fear and anxiety in my life. When I was young, I was a, a latchkey kid with my brother. And sometimes 14 hours a day or more, we were left alone because my mom had to work. Now, this is not a judgment against my mom, but it still made for a very rocky childhood her needing to work. And she was also choosing to go to Bible school for for several years of that time as well. So my brother and I went from a stay-at-home mom situation to divorced parents and being home by ourselves. So needless to say, that happened when I was nine. My parents got to got separated and basically divorced. And then at 10, we were home alone. So I, I understand loneliness. I understand depression. I understand fear. I understand whiplash of of home situations, I understand a lot. To kind of make things worse, honestly, was we moved away from every single person we ever knew. My mom moved us to a different state. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. but when you're going through things like that, it's difficult. So I, again, I want to be respectful, but at the same time, I'm just being really honest of the challenges there. With that in mind, that was wave one of tremendous fear and anxiety. Putting myself to sleep, sometimes waking up and my mom was already gone or leaving, um, walking home from school by myself, coming home to an empty house, not being allowed to go to other people's homes, being home with just my brother. It was it was honestly immensely boring, but but it it was scary. Like we were kids by ourselves a lot. You know, we again, I mentioned we made our own meals. Like this wasn't a situation where it was a nanny and we were playing in the park and we just missed our mom because she was at work. Like we were alone. So for years, I missed my dad. We were separated from my dad. Um, He was separated from us. We couldn't see him regularly. We didn't have a grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, cousin. None of that was going on. So that was wave one of, of learning how to cope with fear. And I was young. But I was aware that I needed someone to help me. And in that time of life, which went on for years, you guys, it wasn't like a couple of months and I got over it, like years of my life. I remember needing a savior. I needed a mom. I needed a dad. I needed someone to keep me safe. I needed someone strong. I needed the peace of God. I needed to be rescued from this cyclical fear I was under. And I overcame a lot of that fear and I became self-reliant And I grew up a lot quicker than the kids around me. And sometimes that can parade as a positive. And honestly, God did pull a lot of positives out of it. 
But the fear thing, when it would seep in at night, especially, it was hard. And I remember crying out to God. And one time in particular, I was a little older. I wasn't little. I wasn't 10. I was probably more like 13, 14. So I was actually a little more involved at school and and had some things going on. But I remember just the agony of pain. I was missing my dad. I didn't want to go through one more day. And I just remember crying and saying, God, please don't make me go through one more day of this. I can't do it. I'm done. Now, again, I wasn't suicidal. I wasn't trying to self-harm, but I was done. I didn't want to live this life. Who wants to live a life of consumed fear? But I knew Jesus I didn't just know about Jesus. He wasn't just this guy on a page that sounded neat and he was in a storybook and man, wouldn't that be cool if he was actually here? Like I knew Jesus was real. I had felt the peace of God, but I remember this particular night not being able to sleep and just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I remember crying out to God, pleading with God, please, God, please make this pain go away. Make this fear go away. Make this pain go away. And I remember feeling, and I mean feeling, like felt it arms, the sensation of arms wrapping around me and just holding me close. Like I get teary thinking about it now. That is how real it was. And I remember peace washing over me and falling asleep and waking up with peace and knowing, being reassured that my God was with me. You guys, those were circumstances I could not control. I was a little kid. My brother was a little kid. These things were being done on our behalf. We were being taken away from everybody we knew and loved, and we had no control over it. My bro- my dad was separated from us. We had no control over that. Where we lived, not our choice. Where we went to school, not our choice. These were choices that were not options for us. Okay, I, I say that on purpose. I'm going to return to that thought here in a moment. I grow up, become self-reliant, put myself through school, get scholarships, straight A student, hard worker, needed some, you know, I, I proved myself. Whenever there was an opportunity to prove myself that I could prove myself, I would do it. I would take it. Somebody offered uh, to have me play on the church volleyball team. Terrible. I was terrible, but I didn't care. I was going to prove I was pretty good. I'm not terribly sporty, you guys. But the point being this, I was very self-reliant. I wanted to achieve things. People can psychoanalyze that all they want. Who cares? I didn't do drugs. I didn't sleep around. I did grades. I did the honor roll. I did the choir. I was an all-state choir member. And that's not to brag. That's to say I learned how to funnel what was out of control in my life into what I could control. Okay, so here I become an adult. I get married. Again, that that self-reliance. I took on freelance work, helped my husband finish school, And then years down the road, I had this great idea. And it was a great idea. I had built up relationships. I had all my ducks in a row to pitch this idea. And the short version is I invested money to create the pitch, to do all the stuff. And I just poured every dollar I earned for a while, a season of my life into creating things that I knew would perpetuate into something more that was mine versus me working for everybody else. And as you can imagine, the short version is the ducks were all lined up. I did all my stuff. And the biggest duck in the pond flew the coop. They decided to upend how they managed everything. Everyone I knew and worked for lost their jobs. They were laid off. This is a big duck. Like this is a national duck. And they just upended this entire department out of the blue. No one expected it. And so everything I had worked for, everything I had invested in was done. And I had made a very stupid decision. And, I, and without going into detail, I spun out into such anxiety and depression because now the mistake was on me. 
Now the choices were on me. Now everything that had happened was on me. And you guys, for six solid months, I delved into a depression. Some of it was very reminiscent of waves of things that happened in my childhood. So I could navigate those a little better because it was like, oh, I've been here before. But you guys, there was so much coming at me, so much shame. See, what I didn't have as a child was shame because those choices weren't mine. I didn't have any shame attached. It was just being done and it was brutal, but it was was being done to me. I, I wasn't ashamed of the things that were being done. It did cause fear and depression, what people would now probably call anxiety. I didn't it was a little, it was before anxiety became a buzz term. So, and no, I wasn't seeing a counselor and no, I wasn't on Prozac and no, I wasn't on any of that. And in hindsight, best thing that ever happened to me was to not drug me, tell me everything was going to be okay and like treat me crazy. I'm glad no one did that. But now I'm an adult with kids and I made a big mistake and it put us into a, into a financial strap. And I am owning that decision with the weight of shame and anxiety and depression. And the next six months were hell. And I mean, hell. Wouldn't wish that on anyone on the planet, hell. And I started seeing a little bit of light and started seeing a little bit more of light. And for the next two and a half years after that, it would hit me some days and then some days I was fine. And I learned to navigate those waters with Jesus too. So I set those two scenarios up to say this. The coronavirus is a domino effect. The virus, honestly, I'm not afraid of this thing. Like, I please, no offense. I, I have a husband in, in the medical field. I am blessed to not be one of the vulnerable ones who are immunocompromised. I do not live in a community setting where we're all sharing spaces and people are sick. Those are the scenarios that have played out for the most part and those that have died, and I do not fit those. My brother did die of cancer. I do understand that there are kiddos and adults out there who are, again, beyond their control, immunocompromised. I want to be respectful and honor those extreme situations. I would say for most of the population that we are not in that group. We, we just are not. And so I am not afraid of something. I'm also no longer afraid. I got the, over this in childhood and in my second bout with anxiety and depression. If I can't control it and I didn't do it, I don't fear it. God's got that. God's got that. I go to bed at night in peace, in total peace, because I'm like, ah, I did all I could to prevent the crazy. I can't do any more. God's got this. I'm going to bed. But the domino effect that can happen when fear just is perpetuated through the media, through Instagram, through Facebook, Whoa, the sky is falling. Oh my gosh, look at our government. Don't look at our government. Look at our state government. Look at our local government. Look at our national government. They said this one sentence. How dare they? Like this hyper analytical, crazy hatred of leadership on both sides of the partisan flag here is nuts. Turn the screens off. I'm telling you right now, do not let that monster feed your fear. Secondly, some of you, it's not the coronavirus you're experiencing fear about. It's your job, your husband's job. It is school. It's college. It's your scholarships. It's a project you were working on that you're like, hello, I'm a freelancer and my project just got canceled indefinitely. What the heck? How am I going to pay my bills? It's traveling. It's your grandma in the nursing home. There are so many other factors that are making you fearful that it's making you fearful. So that's all this is about today. So we're going to kick some fear in the butt because my God and your God, Jesus is bigger than this. This is not the first pandemic God has been through. He is not sitting on the throne up in heaven going, oh no, I didn't see this coming. You guys, what are we going to do? He's not doing that. So we need to not do that. We have got to stop being tumbleweeds 
that are blown with the wind and be rooted in Christ. And I will pray at the end, you guys, I'm going to pray for us. There are some people, again, it's a financial thing. Maybe you do have a kiddo who's going through chemo right now. I I am very, very respectful of those situations. But for the majority of us, I would say we aren't. And instead of complaining that our kids are home from school, we need to embrace this time to pour into our legacy because that's what those kids are. They are not an inconvenience. They are a legacy. And the moment we consider them an inconvenience, we have missed the point. And guys, I get it. I have three boys. They're at home. I love these kids. But you guys, this is a time to embrace God and show them what a warrior looks like. You get on your knees every day. And if you guys are blessed and you do not have a lost job, you do not have something scary going on, then you better pray for those around you and minister to your neighbors, check in on your people and honor the fact that God has put you in a position of influence because you have influence because that peace is all over you. And let's say you're like, oh no, actually my job is in jeopardy. I sell cars. My husband sells, he's a salesman. And right now we have no money coming in. You are still in a place of influence. How are you going to handle this storm? So let's hone in on what God has to say about fear. So you don't have to take my word for it, my testimony for it. God pulled me out of two very dire situations, one that lasted years and another one that lasted years. One that I couldn't control, one that I could. You may be in a combo right now. See, you need to take in the reign of what you can control. Because what you can control is what God will hold you accountable for. What you can't control, you really can't control. Your kids right now cannot control what's going on, but you can. You can control it. So let's do this, ladies. And let's, we are warriors for Jesus. Get your sword on, put your helmet on, get dressed, warm up, and let's do this thing. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. You guys, let's trust that God will save us, not only from this immediate situation, but it's aftermath. God's going to bring in money. God is going to provide. We may have to drain our savings a little bit, but he's going to restore it. We were wise with our money. And let's say you aren't. Let's say you are our single mom. Let's say that you ha- you're like, I have $40 to my name and I can't go to work. Jesus, we're going to pray for you. Man, God's got this for you. You've got to trust in him. Oh, I'm wanting to pray already, but let's keep doing some scripture first. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is a man who is going to die leaving peace to those who are about to go through it with him. Joshua 1, 9. Love Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has worry of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isaiah 43, 1. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. See, Daddy God takes care of his kids, just like you take care of your kids. He has not, he does not realize you're not in this circumstance. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You know what? This is a time of comfort for those that lean on him. Not just the people that have money in the bank, for all of us. Our God is bigger than the coronavirus. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 94, 19, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. You guys, this is where you will stand witness to God. 
He will give you joy. You have to seek it, but he will give it to you. See, God's gifts, the fruits of the spirit, we have to foster those, but they are there for us. We have to foster those, but they are there for us. Let's bring on some joy. Turn on some worship music. Turn off the news. You guys, I'm sorry. Whether you like our president or not, the media hates him. They hate the man. And even if you hate the man, God does not hate that man. God didn't hate the other president either. God loves them. But it is our job to pray for our leaders. Daniel, you need to be a Daniel. Daniel served a guy who was awful, an awful man. But he served God first. He served his king and honored his king who stole him. I get it. There were two during Daniel's time, but one of them stole the man from everybody he'd known and loved. But he eventually rose in the ranks to a great leader in the land. And yet he never, never betrayed God, but he still honored his king. That's where we need to be right now. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right, one more. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You guys, it's the Lord. Okay, you guys, there's so many more. And I might jump on here tomorrow and give you some more, but I want to be really respectful of our time together. With that in mind, I'm going to pray for us. Whether you're washing dishes, if you're driving, obviously drive. But just take a second to calm your world, to shut off the chaos, and just let's pray. Jesus, right now we come to you in humble adoration of your death on the cross. When you died on that cross, you paid the price for our sins. God, we ask forgiveness for putting ourselves and our families potentially in a situation that now that the coronavirus is here and this this ripple effect is happening, we see the error of not saving or of not doing things that maybe you did tell us to do. We repent of doubting you We repent of giving in and leaning in more to what the world says than what you say. And we ask right now that you forgive us. And we're going to stop all those things right now, right this moment. We're going to pray more and seek your word more than we're going to seek updates on this silly virus that you have got under control. God, we do pray for the families who have lost loved ones during this time. We also pray for the families that have lost loved ones to other diseases. Let this virus highlight the fact that every year people die of things that are both preventable and not preventable, and that every year there are people hurting from that. Help us love our neighbors during this time. Help us serve others, including our children, so that we get out of our own heads if we're stuck in there. And for those of us that aren't worried, we do have a peace of God. Let us encourage others for people who are, their job is on hold. Jesus, send miraculous peace as we focus on you and provision. It is hard to sleep at night when you feel you can't pay your bills. But God, you've got tomorrow as much as you've got today. Do not worry about tomorrow, the Bible says. We're not going to worry about tomorrow. We're going to pray more. We're going to dig in deeper. We're going to get to know you more. This is not the first storm you have calmed. Calm our storm. 
and help us trust you. Let this be a trust exercise that we lean into and we embrace. Father God, we do pray for single moms, single dads. They are in a unique situation right now. We pray for our kids right now. Their schedules are upended, and for some of them, that's really hard. Give us peace and remind us this, this is our legacy, not our job. Our children are our legacy, and they are a gift. The world is constantly telling us that children are an inconvenience, and we reject that. They are a gift. Let us embrace being with them in a way that maybe we rarely do. Sit with them. Collar with them. Love them the way Jesus loves them, God. Help us be good moms and dads with patience and with boundaries. Let us be consistent, consistent, consistent. And God, let us find time and carve out time, even with our kids, to worship you. Calm our hearts. Calm our minds. Let us be a beacon of peace during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, ladies, I'm going to go because you have a lot on your plate, I'm sure. But peace in the midst of the storm. Review those scriptures. I'm going to give you one more before we go. First Peter 5, 6 through 7. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You guys, he's going to lift you up in due time. Speak peace into other people's storms right now. And the best way to do that is by helping other people. If you help other people, you'll get your mind off yourself and and put it where it belongs. All right, ladies, thanks for joining me for this uh, bonus unique episode. I will see you next time.